0: Welcome back, everybody. Yo. Another episode of of We Miss Sports Podcast. Yep. And maybe you're watching it this time on YouTube.
1: Oh, wow. This could be the first one. Our first YouTube episode, yeah. All right. Well, welcome aboard. Um, As you can see, uh, high-tech setup over here. Nothing like that. Lavish studio. Yep. Very nice curtains or blinds, whatever you want to call them. It's not so much about the uh, the substance of the scenery. It's about the the substance of the pod. So why don't we... The, The company and the conversation. That's what it's all about. So... Uh, per usual, we'll talk some sports. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll mix in uh, some sports business, just regular business, uh, tech. Those are usually the things that we touch on. Um, but you know, we'll see where the conversation goes. What do we what do we got today?
0: Um, so we'll recap the NFL games. So it's Tuesday right now. We'll talk Monday Night Football. Obviously, full slate on Sunday. Um, Chargers Browns. That seemed like the game of the week. Um, the Panthers fired. Matt Rule with four years left on his contract. Devontae Adams in some hot water after last night's
1: game. Uh, the Jets put up 40. That's a so lot of back. points for them. Not great for the Dolphins or Dolphins fantasy owners. Right, right.
0: Um, we'll talk some roughing the passer action. Um, some business stuff, like Sam said. Putt Shack is on the, on the uppity up. Some luxury tech-infused golf. Dustin Johnson making a killing over on the Live Tour. Ronnie signed a Nike. Um, Victor Wembanyama has been in the news; he's buzzing. Some other small stuff. What do you got?
1: Anything um, else? no, add? I mean that's that's you pretty we'll much talk much NBA. On, that's yeah, right around yeah, the corner. Yeah, we'll talk redeem team. We'll talk a little NBA um, activity bars part two. Uh, like yeah. you mentioned, we'll talk uh, um, the the mini golf spot, and then um, we can maybe maybe we'll get to uh, Amazon. Potentially thinking of getting into the the basketball game yeah. towards the end. So um, why don't we kick it off with some football? Um, like you mentioned. Uh, interesting week, lots of parody in the league these past couple weeks. Very high scoring uh, week yeah. this week for the first time this season. Yeah, maybe Brady will walk back his statement of saying he's been watching bad football. Um probably still is bad football I'm thinking he's trying to shift a little bit off his uh, marital issues. Uh he was he was asked I don't I'm paraphrasing here but he was asked uh, what he thought of the football season so far and he was basically saying that he's been watching a lot of bad football.
0: Wow, that's yeah. what we were saying.
1: Yeah. So, you know, he holds the same uh he just holds the same opinion as the fans, um, but yeah. So I mean, huge week for me, honestly. So uh, just basing it around fantasy, not that anybody necessarily cares, but I squeaked by with a one point victory. It means a lot. Um, big difference between being three and two and two and three. Massive difference. Massive. So it's nice to be above five hundred. Um, Josh Jacobs, shout out to you. Uh, you know, and, and shout out to T Higgins for not playing. Um, he would have ruined my day, but um, along that line, why don't we start with uh, the Carolina Panthers? What's going on over there?
0: Yeah, so the Carolina Panthers fired Matt Rule. He was on a six-year contract. He got through two of those years, but um, so Matt Rule, he coached 38 games for the Panthers. He and but he is still owed 40 million, and for the next 48 months of his life, that is four years, he will be, be he will. Uh, for the next 48 months of his life, the next four years, he will be getting paid $848,000 a month to not coach the Carolina Panthers.
1: I mean, that's that first of the month's got to hit every time. You know, we, we talk a lot about contracts here, and um, typically we'll we'll break it down in that manner. But, I mean, is it that bad of a deal at the end of the day to get bought out? Keep in mind, I mean, this person was what? Uh, I believe the stat's like 1 in 27. Literally, in 28 games, he had won one where the other team had scored 17 or more points and had lost 25 in a row when that had happened. So this is a guy who can't really, you know, once the game's beyond him, he ain't really proven to be much of a winner anyway. And in, uh, you know, what's his reward is an $800,000 paycheck every month. I mean,
0: even the last six years of his career, so Panthers plus his three years at Baylor, he's only had one winning season. His first year at Baylor, they were one and eleven. Then they were seven and nine, and then his last year at Baylor, he was eleven and one. That got him the Panthers' job, and they've been—they haven't made the playoffs since he's been in
1: Carolina. Now, now there are a lot of uh, ill-advised contracts in sports history, and I think not to say that this is ranks up as the highest or whatever, but um, usually, you know, hindsight's twenty-twenty. You can always—it's easy for us to sit here and say, "Oh, bad contract, blah 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 blah." It's not every day that you see that for a coach. Uh, in the same manner as, like, a Chandler Parsons, right, where he's like, wow, they paid him a lot, and he's really not all that great, laughing to the bank. This guy's laughing to the bank. And as far as I know, hasn't really proven why uh, the the state of Carolina should have backed him like that.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, dude, it, it, I feel like with um, player contracts, those are, to your point, they're kind of, like, talked about in, like, history, right? <laughs> like, historically bad contracts, but right. coaches... Get the next guy up, yeah. pay him the money, get
1: the next guy in there. So, next guy is uh, Steve Wilkes.
0: Yeah, so it's really a feel good story. And Steve Wilkes, if you don't know, he is the new interim head coach of the Panthers, but he is a Charlotte native. Mm-hmm. He played football at West Charlotte High. He went to Appalachian State, which is just two hours outside of Charlotte. Um, he then played for the Charlotte Rage, their
1: arena football team, and now he is the head coach of his hometown squad. You know, former Cardinals coach in 2018, where unfortunately he went 3-13. Can't let that one slide. That being said, you know, I think um, the Carolina owner had said a couple years back, which, I mean, if anything, it makes it a little bit more ironic that they fired uh, the first guy, but that it's going to take maybe around five years to really rebuild what they got over there. So, um at the very least, it seems like from the top down, they have a little bit of patience. Um, and on the slightly unfortunate side, but also maybe an opportunity, uh, is Baker's out for at least a couple weeks with his ankle. I would call that an opportunity. He has been hot garbage. So now Sam Darnold's going to step up into the shoes where I believe, I mean, you know, been there before. Another former number one overall pick. Yep. so... Um, the uh, Carolina Panthers are getting an early season shakeup that that maybe will change things. I mean,
0: people forget that the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield over both uh, Lamar Jackson and more importantly Josh Allen. Or I guess equally as importantly, Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, tough go. You know, and th- at the time it looked all right. The time it looked all right.
0: Um, I do want how much of that is the coach though. Maybe you know, maybe he'll turn it around. Yep, because he was n- he was never this bad and.
1: No, Cleveland. no, right, and so maybe, maybe if anything, he was the scapegoat. They they weren't trying to fuel the the Baker trade rumors. Right, so. right, right. Um,
0: but on the note of coaches and quarterbacks, let's talk Ron Rivera. Um, Ron Rivera had some not so nice things to say about Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, so what he was uh, basically asked because um, what they're, now, they're, now they're one and four. they're one and four. Another yeah. team that I don't think deserves to be one and four, in, but they're one in and the four. Raiders conversation of teams that are one and four. Well, the Raiders are, are slightly are much dangerous, right? Right, yeah. a team you don't want to play. Yeah, so basically, a reporter had asked because. Um, I think in the division, all the other teams are what four and one or something like that. Is that true?
0: The NFC East is like the best division of football. Right. I think they are all. Oh no, the Eagles are five and zero, and then Cowboys four and one, right. Giants four and one. Yeah.
1: So the, the division's looking good. Uh, what's what's the name of their team? Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders are the odd one out.
0: They have some very cool all black jerseys. I don't know if you've seen them. I play. did. Yeah, yeah.
1: Those were no. pretty sick. The the uh, the R words couldn't pull those off. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 um, but. But, uh, no, yeah, so they asked him why the team wasn't necessarily succeeding, and he said one word, uh, quarterback, which um, created a little bit of, you know, rah-rah conversation. Obviously, it was taken a little bit out of context, but what he uh, had insinuated was that, you know, of all those other teams, they have uh, more... I don't want to say more experienced quarterbacks, but they've all had those bits for a bit, which isn't necessarily... The system has been in place. Right, right. The system's been in place, not necessarily a lie between Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones... Uh, Dak. Which I was going to say, that's the asterisk right there, Cooper Rush filling in. But either way, um, what caused the rah-rah was people were thinking that maybe that was a shot at C-once. I mean, C-once played in Philly. I think he's heard worse things.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a C. Wentz guy. I've had him a co- I've had him a couple years in fantasy, and he's he's done all right for me. I think he was great during the MVP season, and he's you know he's obviously struggled since. I think he's a capable quarterback. He's got a strong arm. I think he makes questionable decisions at times, but I I was starting to think that Washington was going to be
1: his home. He came out hot out of the gates, but it's it's been a struggle ever since. You know, and it's it's always nice with any sport watching the narratives actually build out because there's got to be something real disheartening about being 1-4. in But, you know, it's not as bad as 1-5. in
0: Nope. 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 1-4, in you can climb yourself out of. Um, but, again, so we're killing it with the transitions today, but on the own note of NFC East, let's talk Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Boy, are
1: they legit. They're looking damn good. Michael Irvin's loving them. Um, like I said before, I... I'm not necessarily an outright Cowboys fan. I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm any level of Cowboys fan, but there is something about seeing them be good or seeing any team that, like, uh, is a big franchise that at least has contemporarily not been so hot. It's nice watch them get a little fire back. I'm a Celtics fan. I'd say the same thing for the Knicks. I'd say the same thing for the Mets, who we'll talk Yankees. about. You know, Yankees. Yeah, if you're, if you're you know... If you are historically used to success, don't get me wrong, I love when there's some new blood mixed in, but there's something nice about adding a new chapter to a already storied franchise's history. People want to see the Blue Bloods yep. play well. Yep. Um,
0: but so the Cowboys are four and one with Cooper Rush and they're not beating nobodies. They knocked off the Rams this week. Mm-hmm. They beat who did they beat last week? Was it, it was another good team? They held them this to like no points. Week. All right. Well, anyway, so so the <laughs> so the Cowboys beat the they had played you know some solid teams before this week and it was like reasonable that they were three and one, but now that they knocked off the Rams and held those boys to ten points, I don't people know. Are man. Really,
1: people are really talking. People
0: should start paying attention to the to the Cowboys. Game of the week. I'm praying it turns out to actually be the game the week is Cowboys
1: Eagles this coming weekend in Philly, and Dak should be back. I mean. To be honest, the bar, I mean, there's been some flashy moments, some exciting drives. Honestly, even I would go as far as to say some quarters worth watching. But I don't know if there's really been a front-to-back, start-to-finish, very amazing game to watch. Um, And and just in in the excitement factor. I mean, the fundamentals, football purists, I'm sure, are enjoying what they're watching. But just an actual slugfest fest. Um, I think there's yet to be, and like you said, I think the Eagles-Cowboys game has all the potential. It's been that.
0: picking up, though. Yeah. It was some pretty ugly football, but it's slowly been getting better. Yep. Last week
1: was solid. Again, I mean, this group. week was
0: good. God, like The Chargers-Browns game, that game was kind of a shootout, 30-28. That was a good game. Last night's game, the Raiders, um, Raiders-Chiefs Raiders game, which we'll talk about, that was a solid yeah. game, a well, bit of a shootout.
1: Yeah. And then the game of all games was Seahawks-Saints. Yep. yep. The game was a Gino Smith, he's, he's so back. Um, going on about the Chiefs game, actually... Um, we'll talk a little bit on roughing the passer. We, we probably should talk roughing the passer and just the, that call um, and what it means for uh, football. I, g- I guess apparently after Tua, um, the league had instructed the refs to pay more attention to roughing the passer calls as if that's what hurt Tua. But either way, there was a couple bad roughing the passer calls uh, last night. Um, both against um, Holmes and uh, Tom Brady in the Buccaneers game. But I wanted to highlight how, I mean, I wasn't there, but how presumably loud Chiefs Stadium was. They were booing, essentially, as soon as that call happened. Like, they didn't stop booing. There was a, a point um, where the Chiefs kicker nailed like a 59 yarder, and they were happy, obviously, because that's a you know, ball don't lie moment right there. Who, who doesn't like one of those? But then the booing continued. I mean the the refs were out there, damn near crying. I think
0: you know the Kansas City fan base. They're they're a rare. They're a rare form. Um, that place gets loud. The Kingdom, they call it. Yeah, I mean, like there's just it's tough because what else is there really else to what else is there to really to do in Kansas City? Um, but just be be so so involved with your team. I think that that's, that's probably the they, places where they get the best
1: fans. Yeah, no, and they and we were just talking about how having these historically good teams on top is nice. But shout-out to the places that are getting sort of witness greatness. The smaller markets. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what's nice about football, you know, is that the smaller markets typically hold on to their really good players. Right. Like Buffalo will probably hold on to Josh Allen for Mm. a long time. Mm. Kansas City holding on to Mahomes for a long time.
1: At least the 10-year bag. I mean,
0: Matthew Stafford was in Detroit Detroit for for like 10, 12 years. Um, But on the note of the Raiders-Chiefs game, uh, I guess back to roughing the passer I, I don't really have much to say in roughing the passer yeah no, no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not we're not we're not a nitty gritty no, no no um but back to the raiders chiefs game uh Devontae adams still in the show at the end of the game post
1: game for yep. for shoving a credentialed photographer now on his way to the locker room on on first glance if you uh not i mean this this needs no window dressing or or uh you know um Improvising. If you watch the video, it clearly looks like he pushed the doesn't guy Doesn't look great. Yeah, it doesn't look great for him. Doesn't look great. I think um, you know, that guy, the cameraman, uh it, Devante was like he ran in front of me. I mean he went to the hospital and
0: is pressing charges.
1: Right. I mean which seems like a, a stretch. You know, it's it seems like he uh is catching a glimpse of the money tree, is what it is at the end of the day. Um, it was caught on camera, you know, he, he, the, the evidence may be there. Um, I imagine there'll be some sort of out-of-court settlement that uh, gets him at the bare minimum tickets. A couple know, jerseys. couple of, <laughs> maybe Maybe a picture. A couple, couple hundred bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that that was nothing compared to what Draymond did to, to Mr. Poole. Right. But we'll get to
1: that. Um. What else on the NFL? Um, I, I mean, it, just back on the cameraman point, though. Like, sh- like should... Uh, what am I trying to say here? Like, should... Um, Devontae's being surely disciplined to some extent. But, like, the NFL has been, um, for lack of better words, a little bit wishy-washy with their discipline. And um, I think in any sport, the relationship between athletes and fans has been scrutinized, whereas in this case, it's like athlete versus support or uh, facility personnel, whatever you want to call them. What does his punishment look like in this NFL? I'll be shocked if he gets more than a game, Mm -hmm.
0: but I could also see him getting like four to six games. Right.
1: It's a little, it's a bit of a range here.
0: Yeah. Because this is kind of like first of its kind. Um because Mike Evans got either one or two games for that fight hmm. against the Saints. Obviously Deshaun is has his eleven game suspension. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well I bet it'll be a game or two. Yeah. How bad was it? I mean it was bad. You can't do that. You can't do that, Devontae. <laughs> no. But
1: but how bad really was it? No, yeah. No nobody died. Nobody died. No blood, no foul, as I say. Yeah. Um, but um, in other football news, you don't have anything on the NFL, right? So I, I got all I got is the, the Jets putting up forty, but I don't really
0: have much to say on that other than I was surprised to yeah. see them really lay it on like that. Yeah, our official stance then, is
1: surprised. And then I just got, <laughs> uh, and then I, Goodell wants uh, wants the boys in London. Yeah, so not only uh, one team, but potentially two.
0: Yeah, so Roger Goodell he wants he says it is completely viable that London could support not one
1: but two NFL franchises. And, I mean, I think that's uh, an accurate statement. I, I don't disagree with him there. I mean, uh, several cities of that caliber could hold. Uh, I mean, L.A. has two. New York has two. Um, but, obviously, there's no uh, American football culture over across the pond Um I think what supports that is clearly the NFL has an interest in Europe. At the end of the day, like, there's only so much one can do in America. Eventually, you're going to have to go play football somewhere else.
0: I mean, they're finally sending good games out there. Right. Like, they sent Aaron Rodgers out there. They're Mm. sending, um, like, they're probably finally sending some some marquee matchups overseas.
1: It used to just be the Dumpsville. And, I mean, with everything being so close and there being so much parity, I'm sure those guys got it over there. They sure love a field goal clincher.
0: Oh, I bet, they, I bet they eat it up yeah. overseas. I yeah. think I
1: think the Europeans love them some some American football. Yeah, damn right, damn right. So this is why I think uh, Goodell's on to something, is obviously the biggest factor between playing in Europe and the U.S. at the end of the day is travel, right? It's the logistics. How are you going to move the teams around? What's the schedule going to be? I think if you're the NFL or an NFL franchise, uh, the cost of transporting players is but a drop in the bucket. At the end of the day, and sure, it's inconvenient to take uh, casual five-hour flights or six-hour flights. Um, if you're going beyond, uh, in, in you know, further parts of Europe, that could be longer as well. I think what they're betting on—I could be wrong here—pulling this out of my bum—is super fast planes, and I'm talking Concorde supersonic jets. That eventually, by all means, will be back. Like you will be able to get from New York to London in three hours. This decade, probably, obviously, like the very wealthy, I mean, that the tickets won't come cheap, but like I said, for the NFL team, this is a drop in the bucket. So, if you're trying to convince 50-something NFL players, coaches, their families to essentially make permanent residence in London, it's going to be hard to convince them if you got to travel six hours, you know, every week. But... If that goes down to 2 or 3, and obviously there's the middle of the country, there's the west of the country, so east coast to there, let's say it's like 2 or 3. That I think changes the whole conversation. You could be back right. the same day. So, I have two takes on this. The first, I think is a lesser take, but
0: think about it like NFL's a corporation, which mm-hmm. it is. Yep. And all the players are employees. Mm-hmm. I love comparing athletes to being employees, yep. right?
1: Cuz it's um, a factual
0: comparison in any company that has a strong base in the united states it is logistically the good move to expand to london or europe as a whole apac down in australia Mm. south america whatever and typically what they do is they'll send high performers from the company to go start a london office yeah go start a (laughs) fucking office in mexico whatever um well, that's my one point is that you know maybe they'll just maybe that's how they can justify it, right? Yeah. But maybe those employees also only making are uh, aren't making millions of dollars. But my real point is that the only way I think this actually works, and this might be kind of a hot take, I think you have to establish not one, not two, not three, but four teams in Europe. That way you have a division out there. That means that they Most can all stay games, out there yeah. for at least an extended period of time. You can fly a team out. There, they play every team in that division. You're in out there for a month. You come back. That way, it's not as much like logistical terror, now that, even with the the
1: short flights. Now, that's a genius idea, and I think they're going to rip that off. And just to say, we miss sports, sports but louder came up with that first. Um, Roger. Well, a phone gonna, call away, buddy. I didn't know you were going to say that because what I was going to add on to that was how I think it could actually work is if Europe and the NFL created some sort of cedar league out there. Right, I think the four team one division. Well, they started scouting sense. out there a lot. Well, that's the thing is like the NFL realistically doesn't really have like a, a JV league, and I know there's spring upstarts, there's the XFL, there's a whole bunch of other things. Um, there's Canadian football, and I think those are very well could serve that purpose. But if you're trying to really establish something, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think European uh, English f- sports fans have proven their uh, devotion to very small clubs. That yeah. you know play in incredibly tiny leagues. You're gonna tell me that they wouldn't watch some like uh, football team in the middle of nowhere just because they would scarf up some some minor league action out saying, there. I'm just saying. I think you know a sports fans, a sports fan, and those people over there, boy, do they have some loyalty and passion. We'll talk a little bit about that later when we talk redeem teams. Those but, games are rowdy, but yeah, oh, uh, rowdiness. That I mean, what do they call them? Uh, hooligans. You ever heard that term? That's what they call uh, that's, that's, European fans? Well, well, ones who are, you know,
0: a uh, little too rowdy. Right, right, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: all right, that was great discussion yep, right there yep. on, uh, on, on Mr. Goodell.
1: He's, he's going to give us a call. A lot of self-pats on the back here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're good on the NFL, right? Anything else? I'm all set. All right, um, let's pivot to... Uh, that was wow. That was a long NFL that was segment. a lot of football, yeah. yeah but, More football than usual, a lot, news, of a lot of talk it's, it's, about. Yeah. It's nice when there's things to talk about, but let's pivot to Putsch Shack. All right, let's go Putt Shack here. Um, so Putt Shack, which is a uh, so Putt Shack, which is a tech-infused indoor mini golf company. They have two locations. They're opening a third this month in Boston. Where are they, the first two? Atlanta and Chicago. Oh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I know it's definitely Atlanta, but they just raised 150 million dollars from BlackRock Capital
1: to disrupt. The mini golf industry. Um, first initial reactions is a lot of money. Um, I am hung up on this idea of the mini golf industry because I think of like uh, small, what like uh, small family farms that also sell ice cream.
0: Well, if you were wondering, 130 million people play
1: mini golf per year, which makes sense. I mean, it checks out. I think the uh, the the, the ease of access of mini golf is, is pretty attractive compared to regular golf. Um, but now you said these are indoor. At least the ones currently existing are indoor. Right,
0: right. And you can drink, order food. Mm. You
1: know, it's it's like a bowling alley almost, but mini golf. It's a, it's a activity bar. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've been getting a little bit of, I mean, mixed bag. I wouldn't say we've been getting heat, but some people had a lot to say about activity bars. Oh, uh, you know, uh, we just discovered that some bars have darts and have pool tables or uh, that some places have They're music. They're doing it in a don't. different way. It's, yeah, I think you got to see it to believe it. And to your point, I mean, I putting my, my business hat on here, I imagine that in their pitch, this company, they had to have mentioned this trend, whether they pitched it or not. They must recognize that this trend is a thing. Right, people want to go do things in the same place that they drink at. At the end of the day, right, and like all these places already exist. But how hard could it possibly be to set up a mini golf location, right? I mean, you need some turf, some holes, and
0: and that's the thing. You don't even need
1: prime real estate. People will go drive to play mini golf. Mini golf courses are typically in the middle of nowhere, right, right. And so these being in cities, I mean, that's a game changer, right? Total game changer, but. Um in Blackrock they don't mess around. No. So
0: so this they've they've certainly got some strong business fundamentals. We will I'm eager to try the one in Boston
1: should be opening soon. Oh did it did it say when or?
0: It was supposed to open in September. Okay. Uh, so maybe they're delayed. I have a free round.
1: Oh for S- signing up? Yeah. Oh wow. So uh, that's, that ain't too I bad. I to take advantage
0: of that. Um but that's interesting. So I mean activities uh clearly there's there's a market somewhere.
1: No. And and we aren't we aren't crazy. Now usually when you go Play mini golf. You you pay per nine or whatever or eighteen. I guess sometimes they have like just a, a full round. I imagine this would be the same, right? Because when you're outside, there's also other people who are playing, and so you need to be cognizant of those other people. I imagine this is also the so the same. one
0: thing I'm unclear about, which is why we'll have to try putt shack. I'm unclear if it's just like you have a bay, and you and the hole changes. Mm. Because that would be sick. That would be really cool. And yeah. that's what I thought it was at first. Right. But then I was looking at some pictures, and it seems like it is just like an indoor course, but mm. it's like more fun. Right, right. I don't know. Um, so we'll see. I yeah. don't know. I'm optimistic about it. E- you know,
1: eager to try it. You know, it's it's funny, too, because the more I think about it, there's a lot of these places popping up. Like last month, I went to... Uh, I wouldn't even know what to call it. I guess we, we could call it an activity bar broadly because we're on the topic. But it was in Natick. Called Level 99. Yeah. Um, well, my girlfriend. And they, I mean, it's basically like kind of interesting. It's damn near just a warehouse, like open wide space. And I mean, what I will critique them on is Jesus Christ it took forever to like get in there. Not because there's a long line, but you go in this kiosk and you're like you're basically signing up like you're on some website. All this information like list after list like damn. So they can bombard even, you. Yeah, it's like I don't even know what I'm signing up for. Um, either way, you get inside and it's actually pretty interesting and like it's not to say activity bars are uh, you know, it, it's redressing old business models, but it, they must be making so much money off of the. I mean, here let me think, let me take a step back. the The whole premise is that there's this big open space, and you can walk into like all these different rooms, and some are outside of rooms, and there's like activities that you can do, um, and you can do them by yourself. Uh, some of them require you with one other person. You can go walk in with another group of strangers in the drink. same room. And you can... There's a bar. I mean, like, I didn't get any drinks. That's there, where they make but their But killing. there's a bar over on the side and it's like kind of poked away. But it's pretty interesting because you walk in these rooms and uh, like, uh, there's a... Uh, right outside the doors. Like, If somebody's occupying the room currently, you can't walk in. Like the, the doors lock. So you have to wait for the current occupants to leave. Interesting. And there's a kiosk um, or I guess you'd call it that on the outside that like um, you basically... It tells you when you're good to go. You can see some hints there about what's coming up, whatever, whatever, whatever. But if some of the hints are super helpful um, and they tell you essentially how much the hint will reveal about the game because you could, and this is why you sign up, is because it tracks how well you perform through all these rooms. That's cool. So that you could maybe come back and do it again or try to get a high score, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the game within a game, the rooms, some of them are so vague. (laughs) <laughs> about what you're supposed to do like there's one room where there's this like holographic like snake moving around on the floor and it's like hitting each corner and then you got to like press a button and then the snake shows up again to go somewhere else like it's kind of you're supposed to figure it out at the end of the day you're supposed to figure out what's going on here some rooms are like obvious where it's like uh the floor is lava don't touch the floor. You literally touch it two seconds in the room, they're like, see you later, next group. Wow. It's sort of an interesting sort of thing. My point being, um, would I go again? You just sold it well. Maybe. But I bet there's a lot of people who go to that a lot with their kids and they're drinking, they're getting food. Totally. I mean, look, here's the winning formula for an activity bar. Drinks, fun activity, and, you know, three is fill in the blank. Put in whatever else you want there, drinks, fun activity. You can get crazy. Of course, yep. you can do that anywhere. And speaking of activity bars, let me pivot to another one that I went to recently. And I wouldn't actually. Co- <laughs> this one is not an activity bar in the same way the others one are. I went to Bobby V's in Windsor Locks, Connecticut, with a couple buddies. Bobby named after Bobby Valentine, uh, Red Sox former Red Sox manager. Terrible Red Sox manager. Also infamous. Not great food. Those places never do have good... They never have good food. It was okay. But gigantic beer towers in the those true... Are, those are great. ...like uh pour-your-own-drink sort of thing. They bring a you dispenser? this... Yeah, yeah. Giant. A tap? Yeah, giant tap. But what was interesting about it, a lot of TVs, um, some tables and all that, but the activity is gambling. <laughs> <laughs> that's the activity that's, that's the, all the that's rage. That's the activity. They have all these horse races on. Obviously, they had all the football games on, but you can literally walk in the back of this place get a ticket and just go back to your seat that's great and it's it's so what it really highlights and not that we were ever I mean I guess we were adjacent to the gambling industry but we were never necessarily like uh, dive diving into it really living the experience but it's so interesting to me that not far from Massachusetts whatsoever and I know it's been passed here maybe it's a sign of the future of Massachusetts maybe not but you can literally drive to Connecticut not very far go buy a ticket in a restaurant and also get a burger. Get a beer. It is very interesting. Soon enough, it'll be uh, part of your menu. Yeah, no, seriously, it'll start uh,
0: throwing some sheets in there. Part of the digital menu with the iPad and everything. Yeah. Um, all right, where to next, man? So, Should we so talk? Why, uh, why don't we
1: talk uh, the the big news that we're a little laid off of? Um, and you know, some some. Uh, actually, not much has come about it. You know, the news cycle moves quick here. But um, a couple days ago, there was, as I'm sure most people have seen, Draymond got into it with Jordan Poole, uh, two Golden State Warriors players. And, um, you know, the video leaked. TMZ came out and posted it. Reportedly uh, had purchased this video for, what, like $120,000? k With rumors, once again, rumors, unconfirmed, that that purchasing price could be off. By an order of magnitude or wow. so, um, which I kind of call cap on 120 grand's a, a good amount to pay for. It's a, a lot video. of money for a video. I don't, that video is not worth a million bucks to anybody. What what sort of uh, anyway? Well, TMZ only bought it thinking that they could then like sell it
0: to like ESPN, Fox, and them as like right. to show it on TV, and like nobody wants to show that video on TV. Right, but right, right. Aside from the right. point,
1: yeah. So aside from the point, um, Draymond will be stepping away from the team for a little bit. I guess. Citing personal reasons. Yeah, right. And the fight. And so I guess my, my question to you or, you know, my, my first point is how long is that? It's, it's an indefinite suspension currently, but, like, how long actually is that?
0: Well, I heard that people are expecting him to play start the
1: regular season. Mm. That could be wrong, but that's in, like, 10 days. Yeah, and you know what, too? It's, like, it's a long suspension, I mean, a couple weeks from away from your team, I would say is a long suspension. Anything, uh, you know, at the end of the day. And it's not to say I'm defending Draymond. I, I mean, nobody gives a shit what our stance is that anyway. But my point being, if they let him play game one, it's a conversation game one. It's probably even a conversation for a couple weeks. But if you suspend him beyond a couple of games, I almost think that lets the conversation fester. I mean, this is an altercation. They probably never wanted to leave the practice... Well, first at first place. they were calling it a heated,
0: a heated altercation.
1: Yeah, no. At first they said a heated, like that's what had come out originally was that oh, it's just a heated. It was altercation. very hush hush, and
0: people forget. At one time, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face of practice.
1: Now, a lot of people are saying this is common practice. I mean, we, we've all been on sports teams. I think people sometimes get a little testy with each other. Fists may fly. Alcohol whatever. flowing. Right. Uh, and, you know, not here. But... At, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're a team, and, and these things happen. In some ways, there's a lot of parallels to a family, right? Where it's not always gumdrops and rainbows. That being said, I do think that changes uh, in a professional setting, right? It, I, I think... I think the Warriors will be fine. I think
0: Draymond and Jordan Poole, I think their relationship will be fine. I just think there's just gonna be like such a microscope on the two of them. And also, now it's just like it becomes hard. Cause I think Draymond, he's like a very vocal leader, right? Like he's gonna get in your face, he's gonna like tell you what you're doing wrong. He's like, you know, he'll like really get into it with you. Very physical guy on defense, all that stuff. Now, like, I think it's just a little awkward, right? Like, how's this guy going to talk to Jordan Poole during a game in the playoffs with the same intensity that now that they have this, like, interaction as, as like, part of their history? I don't know. Maybe that's me reading too much, too much no, into no, it. No, no,
1: I, I think so. I mean, you can you don't even need to necessarily speculate so much. Think about any time you've gotten to a shouting match with anybody. I bet the next time they, they tried to, to shout at you, it probably didn't go over too well. Um, I do wonder, though... What sparked it? What was said? I know there's there's people floating around talking about oh Jordan Poole was acting a little smug at practice because of his extension. I mean, you could argue he's more valuable to that team right now than Draymond is. Well, they good they go, they have they can afford to pay two people, mm-hmm. but they have three people coming up on contracts:
0: Pool, Wiggins, and Draymond. And they, 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 it would behoove them to keep Wiggins and Pool. I would think. Yeah, I would think. And because Draymond, he's also coming up on a player option. You got to pay him like twenty five million. He's not that good anymore. Like.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you could you could make the case that it makes either a hard conversation easier, or I mean, it's a hard decision anyway. But I think it, it could make that hard decision a little bit easier. Or at least gives them the the justification for any decision they might make.
0: I mean, the players are clearly on Pool side. They all, almost all of them were publicly like,
1: there's nothing that, you know, justifies yeah, that. Yeah, which, which you have to say. And, and to your point, I, I bet they come back together and, um, you know, you, 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 there's, it would be strange almost if p- there was people like, oh, I'm Andre Monza. I mean, Hey, those, those are the finals favorites at the end of the day. Yep. Um, but to be determined, we'll see what they do. Like you said, the season starts in um, not too next long. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Next Tuesday. A week from today. And... You know, maybe they suspend him. Like, I don't see them suspending him more than five games if they do it all. Yeah, you know, I, it'll be. I'll be curious to compare the suspensions. Like, which one's worse,
0: him or his? Which one's worse, Devonte Adams shoving a photographer or Draymond punching the
1: shit out of Jordan Poole? I mean, probably Draymond. To be honest, the the photographer, if he was a sturdier person, probably does not fall in the first place. Yeah. And uh, not that uh, hmm. yeah. I think the, the, the I think the Devonte Adams one
0: is like, you can't do that, you're right, right. but the, the Draymond thing is like,
1: whoa, yeah. why, why are you swinging that hard? Right man? right. And it's should Jordan Poole's hands have been up in defense that's that's a non-important question at the end of the day. Shouldn't have swung at him in the first place. but all right, in other uh, basketball news we'll we'll wait what happens with that. Um, that that's been a a dead horse that's been beaten. But um, this weekend or yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I watched Redeem Team, uh, documentary on Netflix about the 2008 Olympic basketball team. Damn good, hour and a half. It was a media amount of time. You know, we
0: said we were gonna start reviewing
1: uh, sports oh. sports documentaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. We maybe we were never too late to get back into that. We have all the services. Should we give a formal review. Um, yeah. What scale do we want to go with? So personally. 1 to 10. Okay, yeah.
0: I personally wish it was longer. Mm. I wish they would have like taken maybe like an episode or two to walk through like what originally happened in 04, what happened in 06 or like maybe like 04 to 06, then mm-hmm. like 06 to 08. Yeah. And then like a whole episode about like the actual tournament because
1: they like kind of moved through it pretty quick. Right. I mean, cuz a lot of the games were Blowouts. blowouts. Yeah, They make it seem like oh, they're you know these teams are so or these games are so dramatic. And yes, they did lose some games, but like come on. I mean, I
0: would have loved more behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, like the videos. Coach, I'm sure that Coach exists. K was. Yeah, cool. Coach K was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, overall, it, slight bias, but I think that to your point, docu serieses tend to be a little bit better than documentaries um, when it's it's over a couple episodes. It's just more time, like you said, to really flesh things out. Um, I thought this was an appropriate amount. Um, be especially because there wasn't so many actual people contributing to the documentary. Right. In terms of like people speaking, you had LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosch, Boozer, um, Coach K. Bosch was G- funny. The Kobe moments, yeah, uh, Mello. Um, and so, I mean, you had everybody who you needed. Like, there was nobody, yeah. like, you, nobody was asking for Michael Red's uh, take or, or Darren Williams to go right. on there. I'm surprised CP3 didn't say more. No, CP
0: was on there. He was on there. Briefly,
1: yeah. Um, CP's just, he's kind of dull. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, no, it was cool. I I thought it was interesting. Um, I didn't know so much necessarily about the 72 Olympics when they had lost. I also knew nothing about that. Yeah, that's a tough go. No other way to to put that. So basically what happens is uh, 72 Olympics, and prior to 92, uh, Team USA only sends college kids. And so they're playing in Munich, and uh, it's a close game against the Soviet Union. Looks as if the... Uh, Americans win. Time expires or appears to expire. They're up uh, by two. They essentially just hit a game winner. Um, no three-point line at this time or anything like that. And, th- I mean, I, this may the, the, maybe there's more details that you know, but it seemed as if there was some sort of time malfunction on the clock. They added three more seconds, gave uh, the Soviet Union another possession, Keep in mind, they thought Team USA thought they'd won. They were jumping up and down, celebration, crowd happy cheer, as Crowd hell. rushing the, f- the court. Yep, yep. And then Soviet Union gets another possession, passes the ball down there. Big boy. Yeah, get it to the big fella, uh, puts it in. They end up winning. By Devastating.
0: By one. And then the U.S. refused to claim their silver medal because they filed a complaint with the IOC. Um, I'm assuming that went nowhere. Yeah, that went nowhere. <laughs> I think Russia held on to that one. Um, But here – so what I thought about was interesting about – because me and – I think it's objectively interesting that Coach K was the coach, right? And I think looking back on it it makes a lot of sense. But the way I think about it is I think coaching – international or, like, international play, specifically Olympic play in general, is, like, very similar to college ball Mm. in the sense where, like, Coach K said himself, it's, like, very much these guys have been playing together for a long time. It's more about the team as a whole rather than the individual. It's, like, a different kind Mm. of game. Right. So then it kind of makes sense why you bring in a Coach K Mm. who's kind of used to play, more so playing that, like, team style of basketball and handling these, like, big stars at Duke, but, like, having to make them play like a team. And, like, there's a reason that in college, like, a Duke can lose to a eight seed or a 12 seed. And just like in international play, like anybody can really lose to anybody.
1: Right. And I mean, you have to honestly admire the amount of hubris that the United States had thinking that they could just throw together teams of any of the 450 people. Or, I mean, I guess really they, they aimed for the best more or less, but you could put together a team of uh, the top 100 players in the NBA and they would just steamroll through everybody. Keep in mind, the 92 Dream Team, like obviously they were going to roll through everybody. You have, th- like, in terms of the, the team and the level of competition at the time. That performance, in of itself, though, you can make the case, is what actually got international ball as yeah. good as it is.
0: Well, they said in the documentary they really just used it as a, a big marketing right.
1: scheme. Right. So it ended up kind of biting them in the ass and they thought they could do the same over and over again. Um, but, you know, what I will say is um, the. Uh, opening ceremonies, awesome! Of the Olympics, super cool. I would, I would honestly spend a whole day just watching opening ceremonies. Yeah. Not the people walking by part. It's, that's cool, but like what the country actually puts together, pretty cool. Um, team celebrations, also awesome. Like uh, you know, watching Argentina and all these like you're, you're playing for your nation. You're playing for your country. You know, it's not easy to win the gold. It's not easy to win any medal. It's not even easy to get there. So. Um, team celebrations—it's awesome, and I, I think it—it uh, it was Kobe who had mentioned—you know—he'd be out at uh, out in Florida or out in California. You'd see people with Celtics jerseys, and they'd be like, hey, "Keep in mind, '08 just lost the seas," and they'd say, "You know, rooting for you. Go, go, go! Bring it back home." Yeah. So there's something about gold. The, you know Team USA and just any any uh, Olympic sport. And mm-hmm. on that note, being able to watch because uh, they in 04, had been staying—they weren't in the village, so they were staying on a cruise ship. Didn't actually really get to get the whole Olympic experience, whereas in 08, they did. They were they got to watch Phelps. They got to watch Serena. I mean, that's got to be '08 awesome. Unreal Olympics. If
0: you really think about it, go to Bolt,
1: Michael Phelps, Redeem Team. Go to Olympics. Great
0: Olympics. Um,
1: um Not so awesome though. Waking up at 4:30 in the morning to work out with Kobe.
0: Oh yeah, Mello wasn't having that.
1: No, not that's so why awesome. not have a ring. Um, but anyways.
0: On the topic of international play, we're having a long, long pod today. But let's talk uh, Victor Wembanyama, who supposedly will add five hundred million dollars in value to the team that drafts him. At drafts him, and looking at early mocks, it's looking like the San Antonio Spurs are projected to land the seven-five unicorn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's between Spurs, Rockets, Thunder. Um, Magic Detroit, you know the the perennial bottom the typical of the barrel contenders, teams, right? And because I think now uh, Utah Jazz have a have a pretty good chance. Is um, it no longer really matters if you're the worst team? I mean, obviously, not something anybody strives. You gotta for, get but, lucky. You know, the The bottom barrel all sort of have an equal opportunity. Um, do I buy five hundred million? I mean, honestly, probably. Kid's good. The, the, he's seven five or seven four, whatever tall 7'5. like. Can score. He looks very comfortable on the perimeter, and looks really good at Sh- defense. Shoot off the dribble, block shots left and right. You can make the case, and I mean a case really doesn't even need to be made. But I think typically when you're looking at um, uh, prospects in a draft class, you think what will they become? Uh, you know, how will they fit with these teams? I think it's rare to an extent, but it it happens. It's rare, but every now and then you get the player who has the skills that you're hoping other players develop, and they just have all these other gifts to the point where you're like, oh, no, yeah, if we had him on our team right now, we'd probably be better. Or there's a way that an an NBA coach could use him right now. And so, you know, that's on a contender or on a pretty solid team, and you imagine putting him on a bottom-of-the-barrel team that stinks? Uh, Yeah, that's 500 million bucks. I mean, dude, he's... He's 18 years old and like Luca turned
0: out pretty well. Yeah. And I granted Luca, I guess like, you know, had won championships in the Spanish Yeah, yeah, the Euro, Euro
1: in the Euro League yeah. and I don't know if Weminyama has done that, but yeah. who cares? He's he's I he mean, looks very good. The the two games that he was playing that were um, presumably I, I say national television, but I mean I imagine most people watch it in some sort of streaming manner. I mean, he averaged like 35 points. Like, there was one game where he, I think, was, like, 7 of 7 from 3. Didn't he give it to the U.S. rookies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a problem. A unguardable shot, I imagine. Um, will, will my Celtics get him? No. He looks almost like a more nimble Yao Ming when he's <laughs> out there. <laughs> no, it's, it's a very similar body y- y- type. Yao Ming with a strap. I mean, you yeah. know who has a strap now, though? Super random? Andre Drummond. Yeah, I saw that. He was 3 for 3 in a preseason I game. I did see that, and he was... You look comfortable out there. Which, you know, that should be a reminder to all the Joe Schmoes out there and the Sally Who's who uh, think that these people are bums. I, I'm guilty of it myself. I call them bums out loud, but I mean it in a relative these sense. These guys have some hand-eye coordination at the end of the day. Yeah, anybody who's out there thinking that they have a better strap than Rudy Gobert, probably not. True. Probably not. Um, like you said, this is a bit of a lengthy one, so I'm, I'm happy to cut it short. Um, we still have to talk a couple of uh, interesting things, though. I think we're, we're nearing towards the end anyway. Yeah,
0: we just got to talk Dustin Johnson and his Saudi money. Yep. We got some other Saudi sports biz to talk about. Yep. Um, and then I, I want to talk a little bit baseball. It is playoff time. Yep. But all right. Let's keep it rolling. Um, first thing on baseball, actually. So, so we all know Albert Pujols ended the season with 703 home runs. And the last home run he hit was actually caught by a Cardinals fan. But the fan left the stadium without getting the ball verified, so it's worthless. And the MLB refuses to verify balls once you leave the stadium. Really? And that ball would have been worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my goodness. Boneheaded play. They probably love that, though. Eating it up. I bet Poole, maybe he'll still pay for it. But
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody will. But without the verification, you know, it's... Uh, it's one, one person's word versus another, right? Tough
0: break for that guy. At least he was a Cardinals fan. He'll he'll take it home and, and cherish it. It should have been a freeze frame the second his pinky toe exited
1: the well, stadium. Well, that's
0: the thing, dude. Like, he's on camera. Right. Everyone knows this guy caught it. It right. wasn't like a scrum. Like, everybody knows he has the ball. Right, right, <laughs> right.
1: I mean, that, that probably could be his case right there. He should request the security footage of him walking through yeah, the halls. I got it. Yeah. That is yeah. me. Um... No, that sucks. I mean, definitely lost that on a couple hundred grand for a stupid ball, literally. That essentially is worthless at the end of the day. Essentially, like
0: like a lot of things in this world. Um, but another MLB news: the Mets, the with or the Mets with the highest payroll in all the MLB, just over two hundred eighty million dollars, um, blew a ten-game lead in the division, and then got ousted from the wild card round. A few nights ago.
1: Now, can you put that into other terms? What is that like? Well, I mean, in simple terms, a team that paid a lot of money to be good at the game of baseball couldn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. Not ideal. Um, Who would they have? Is it DeGrom, Jake DeGrom, yep. Max Scherzer, um, Francisco Lindor, mm. bunch of other guys you I know, don't really know? And the Mets, just a couple years back, they weren't too hot.
0: Well, I personally was really hoping for a little Subway Series action.
1: Yeah, a little Mets-Yankees. No
0: no socks in it. I was hoping for Mets-Yankees. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to watch, but that's, out, that's out
1: the window. They blew it. And um, who is it, or maybe it wasn't you who told me, but that there's a team with a super tiny payroll that's punching above their weight. Yeah, the Guardians. Yep. The Guardians are in the playoffs with, like, the third lowest
0: payroll wow. <clears throat> in the MLB. Goes to show. Moneyball's possible, folks. Yep. Um in the effort of time, um so Dustin Johnson famously went to the Live Golf Tour for $125 million and, outright. And his soul. Yeah, and his soul, <laughs> um and his morality. And since joining Live, he has won 31 million more dollars this year, 18 of which came from being the tour player of the year, 18 mil. And there's a live
1: tour player of the year. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, they're wrapping up. I guess guess they still have a couple more events, um, and he's the potential to make eight million more dollars. Think he regrets his decision
1: going over there? Not one bit. Yep. Doubtful. That guy's rolling in it. Oh, man. Yeah. PGA can can kick and scream as much as they want. I mean, the high earners are probably not thinking twice about their move. Yeah. I mean, like, that is so. I mean, how much did he make the previous year? You probably don't know off the top of your head, but it was like. No more than like no more than seven, right. seven
0: was the most
1: on the tour. Oh, man. Um,
0: and keep in mind, that's between I think he had to show up for eight events, that's 16 days of formal work.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, so you know, do the math, yeah, not bad, not bad. I imagine, too. Um, you know, it's one thing for a lot of people to defect, for lack of a better word, in the middle of the season, that's or what right all the, that's what all the articles are saying, defect, really. Um, I think it's one thing for sort of this inaugural season where there's some question marks, uh, some some concerns. I wonder what it'll look like uh, going into next season when you know some of these uh, glowing reviews out of Live might be coming out. They're still or, fleshing it out. This is a startup yeah. we forget, I a mean, highly capitalized startup. I mean, imagine being a frustrated PGA golfer this tour thinking, damn, I could just go make like – 25 times what I made this season. I mean, they'll take anybody from the PGA Tour. They, they will literally take anybody and probably pay you at least twice what you're already making.
0: Right. So, like, if you're struggling to make cuts, you're struggling to make top 25, top 50s,
1: like, you got to be thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, media rights, a, it's a arms race as to who can acquire the who's who's. Um, you know, you have a legacy brand, PGA, that has managed to hold on to probably the assets that they care about holding on to the most. I mean, you lose some key ones, you, your Mickelsons, your Dustin Johnsons, your uh, DeChambeaux's, right? Preferably, they never leave, especially because they were rising stars, right? Like, more or less. Not all of them, but, like, some of them. They're on the younger side. They probably would have been playing in the PGA for years. If I'm the PGA, I worry about losing, uh, like, bleeding out to them, right? You, It's a it's a wound that you can't allow to pour, you need to stop it. And I know there's the, the suits and the counter suits and the, the this and that. This Most and that. suits
0: have been dropped, though.
1: You know the peace, P- Maybe peace is coming. Yeah, maybe peace is in the air. The PGA should just adopt some of these Saudi rules. Um, at the end of the day, you can't play the money game with them. There, It's an infinite you money you well over there. Cannot. You quite literally cannot. That's a losing fight. But, you know, uh, winners adjust, and I, I think the PGA's gotten in them. You know, I believe in our man... Uh Tiger mo Moynihan oh Mo Moynihan. yeah <laughs> yeah represent yeah I, I think tiger can, uh, can can get those boys aligned yeah, over yeah. there get it, get the ducks in a row um should we wrap up talking about Amazon oh uh, maybe MBA? buying up some MBA yeah. well, that's the news right there, right Bezos is uh trying to be a little bit of a, uh, you know added add to the the pile. Yeah, so Thursday
0: Night Football is going so well for Amazon that they have their eyes on some NBA rights. They mm. have entered the conversation with TBS and, and ESPN.
1: Mm. Now, with football, it was easy because it's like uh, football likes to do their whole day of the week thing. So then you're like, oh, well, I'll just take Thursday. They can segment right. it off. Now, NBA, I think it mm-hmm. comes with a little bit more complications there, right? Because now you're actually dealing with... I mean, you're always dealing with the networks, but now you're like... All over the place. It's not. I don't think it's as easy of a message to send. And you've got the local channels right. and the NBA because NFL they just throw it on national TV. Amazon should go after the holiday games. Any game that falls under a holiday, you can only watch on Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah, get get <laughs> the gifts. <Yeah. laughs> get
1: the gifts yeah, yeah. And, and get the get the game. Get the Prime Christmas. Day was actually today. Fun fact. Well, I'm gonna to do some shopping. I was seeing something that said, um, you know, that as the supply chain issues have eased. Um, in many ways, they have um, a lot of these stores uh, and you know corporations actually have too much stuff. So be on oh. the lookout for mega sales well, coming it, up. You know, with Go, our friends over at Ghost. Oh yeah, That's- yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's probably prime time for them yeah. right now. Um, all right. Anything else? That's all I got. I mean, there's some holdovers for next episode, which is never a problem. Yeah, uh, you, know, we, we you know, some long, stories are evergreen. Longest we've gone in a while, it's because the NFL's back. Yep. There's a lot of talk about
0: All right. Bye, everybody. Don't
1: worry about 12. No ain't showing